across the greatest city known to man, from Altona to Abbotsford, from Yarraville to Yarra Glen. This is the Winter Breakfast with Howie and the Moon Man. And of course me, Malcolm. On Triple M. Lucy, I'm on Triple M. <laughs> I'm a radio star. Good morning, Melbourne. 11.1 degrees currently in Melbourne. A few showers around. Hopefully clears up later on. Heading to a top of 14. Mark Howard Rosie's in the studio. And Lawrence Mooney is here for our final day of the winter break. Howie. Doggy. It has been a fabulous fortnight, but what a day Melbourne was put through yesterday. <laughs> Armageddon. Trainageddon. It was. It was fires. It was trains not operating. It was a tough day for Melburnians. I know. And uh, so hopefully today it's going to be a lot easier. Friday. It's... Uh, <laughs> the 14th of July, and so, mate, hope, hopefully some of those showers might fall in Coolaroo and put that inferno out. Fourth fire in five months at a plant that recycles, apparently, um, a third of Melbourne's waste. Yeah, quite extraordinary. Uh, you're all suited up today as well. So, uh, someone suggested a job interview. Someone else suggested an appearance at the magistrate's court, possibly. Both of those. W- only one of those things has ever happened to me. <laughs> and how was the magistrate? <laughs> well, I've never had a new, I've never had a job interview. So where yeah. are you off to, looking all fancy? I am going to Sydney uh, for Triple M's launch of the Ashes series. We'll be covering all five tests. Uh, hopefully, Australia will field a side, and uh, I will be appearing otherwise. as the Prime Minister in Sydney at the launch. Uh, so that's going to be a bit of fun later today. Fantastic! You know what I did yesterday afternoon? Uh, question I without would notice. say. Um, discriminated against the fat person or went for a surf. That's a bit rough. No, I didn't go for a surf yesterday. I'll tell you what, though. There was an article in the paper saying today, uh, page 25, even our dust is fat. There are plenty of good reasons to keep the house tidy and clean. And now scientists have found another household reason because household dust could be making you fat. How do they figure that? (laughs) Air fresheners, washing liquid and flame retardants get into your dust. And if you're sniffing around your skirting board, you can stack on the kilos. Well, I suppose. So they're saying there's like sugar in your Glen 20, is there? I'm not sure. Becomes airborne, mixes with your, you know, exfoliation. Because apparently the majority of household dust is made up of human skin. Well, it shows you that you need a clean house. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Now, what I did yesterday. Okay. What did you do yesterday? I did the old school version of Pokemon with the kids. You know that Pokemon where you go out looking around for those now little... Now it's on an app. Right, on mm. your on your app. Mm. But I, hold on, what's the old school version? I'm not across Pokemon at all. Okay, well... I know the characters. Pikachu? Well, sure. Well, yeah. I think you go out with your phone and you find certain things. You do. Yeah. So it's like a, a, almost a virtual reality thing. It was quite fun for a while, but I found it was too much... You, you're concentrating on the phone rather than your surrounds, which uh, So you get me. hit by a tram. That could happen. Someone did get hit. Mm. People have fallen down the old school version, which is something I did growing up and took my kids, their favourite activity, and when I suggested it to them yesterday afternoon, down to the local golf course, (laughs) hunting for golf balls. Oh, yes. The excitement and entertainment provided by uh, me to the pickle and the big penguin. They thought it was an extraordinary afternoon's entertainment. Easter all over again, isn't it? It is. (laughs) I can tell you, uh, if you're looking for a spare golf ball, Every time I ride home uh, along the Albert Park oh, Lake yeah. track, there's always a golf ball sitting in the grass right there. I never stop to pick it up because I don't play golf. And, you know, once you've got the momentum up, you want to stick to your 7Ks. I actually want to get a stick that has like a little sucker thing on it so I can just ride past. And pick them up. Pick them up. Right. There you go. Mm. Well, yesterday in an hour, 32 golf balls. 
And and the best of those was there a shrieks well, in there? Well, nah, there was a shrieks there was a titleist, but the, yeah. the pickle. <laughs> my seven year old daughter got extremely excited when she found a pink golf ball. Oh, nice! Oh. Yeah. So just rocking it old school in Barwon Heads. What about I? I knew kids uh, when I went to school that would put on the snorkel and get into the water traps at golf yeah, straight courses. Straight down there. Yeah. Well, that was my first source of income down at Karela Golf Course in the Sutherland Shire. Polishing the golfers' balls. Uh, finding the golf balls mm-hmm. and sometimes darting onto the 12th, which was a big dog leg, right. <laughs> removing the golf balls oh, and making around. sure you didn't then try and sell aforementioned golf balls to the golfer that you just nicked yeah, them from. that's right. Yes. So you were, you were nicking them from the lie. Yes, yeah, just on the edge of the rough, not in the middle mm. of the fairway. Hey, plenty to come on the show. Paul Ruse joining us at 25 to 8. We're going well. to be hitting in with the hard questions too. Ruse, knows what he's up for. Well, what type of questions are they going to be? Are you going to coach Collingwood? <laughs> and then he'll say no. And, <laughs> and then we'll ask him for his tips. <laughs> really frosty. And that'll be the end of the segment. Yeah. Wow, what a teaser that is. <laughs> Moon Doggy, back page of the Herald mm-hmm. Sunday. Heard invited back on the grand final dais. Home, James. So, James Heard has been invited to present the Norm Smith medal, following on in numerical order from those that have presented it in the past. So, uh, Shannon Grant, Cyril Rioli was presented to by McLeod, Glenn Archer to Luke Hodge, Greg Williams to Brian Laker. So, it's basically James's turn and in James the order of winners. won the Norm Smith medal in 2000 when the Bombers won their last premiership. Some controversy will obviously surround this because of the baggage that James Heard now carries with him as a uh, suspended coach. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Do you think James Heard should be presenting the Norm Smith Medal at this year's grand final? One triple three five three. So he was found guilty of conduct prejudicing the game mm. and suspended from coaching for twelve months. You're a big Essendon man. What do you think? Uh, listen, I stopped drinking uh, the. Um, the Kool-Aid, thank you very much, uh, at the end of 2012 and thought, hold on, let's have a look at this clinically. And I personally uh, held James responsible for what had happened at the club. I thought that he was involved at the top level and should have taken responsibility. That has obviously been and gone. Uh, He's been punished. He took a year out of football. The club's been fined $2 million. We missed out on the finals. It's gone on since... 2013, so that's four years, and still there's a little bit of hangover this year. Job, of course, had to return his his um, Brownlow medal. I say yes. Welcome James Heard back into the fold. Okay, he served his time, uh, he did the crime, and now it's time to say welcome back. And Sheeds was on the show just two weeks ago talking about 50 years in football and said it's time for us as a community to welcome James Heard back. Uh, the man has been in exile. He clearly has suffered some mental health issues as a result and I think it's time for the community uh, to say welcome back James you were uh, a Norm Smith medalist and it is your right and privilege to present that medal on our big day a lot of callers one triple three five three as to whether James heard should or shouldn't present the Norm Smith medal James is on the line from Deer Park g'day Jim thanks for calling in what do you think um, I think you should at the end of the day he did bring the game into disrepute but Everyone deserves a second chance. Okay, James, pretty uh, straight down the line. You a bomber, James? No, I'm not. I'm a Carlton fan. You're a Carlton fan. Okay, well, that's more objective than we could have ever hoped for. Thank you very much. Harry's on the line from Melbourne. G'day, Harry. What do you think? 
Yeah, no problems. I reckon he should do it. Look, it's water under the bridge. He was a great player. He won his Norm Smith fair and square. So get him back into the AFL in that capacity. Okay, Harry, thank you very much for that. Curtis on the line from Melbourne. G'day, Curtis. Should James Hurd present the Norm Smith medal? Thanks, mate. I think, of course, he should. Like, his credentials as a coach are fairly relevant to him as the Norm Smith medalist. And, you know, like, as far as champion players go, he should be able to put the medal on another player's shoulders and say, well done. Okay, and that is the that's the truth of it, isn't it? It's about presenting the Norm Smith Medal. It doesn't reflect on the 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 recipient. Uh, now, I know that you're a massive fan of the Tour de France, and that you're also a bit of a Lance Armstrong fan. You got some very strong feelings about drugs in sport. Mm. Do you think that we take it seriously in this country? Do you think that we take drugs, or are we a little bit like, okay, Ooh, you've I, served your time, you've done? I think uh, in this country. Certain sports take it seriously. I think our Olympic sports have a complete grasp of what happens if you produce drugs into a sporting system. I'm not sure the AFL world has a complete grasp on it. Right, okay. So uh, just yes or no for James Hurd presenting the medal. Would you say yes, welcome back, or you still, let's, let's give it a bit of time. Put you on the spot, haven't I, Howie? Yeah, I don't know. I need to think about that one. Okay, mate, you can have some time to think about it. We'll uh, keep the phone lines open. One triple three five three. Do you think James Hurd should be able to present the Norm Smith Medal on the biggest day for the AFL Grand That, that gentleman day. brought up the fact that he was a, a fantastic coach and therefore he should be able to uh, present the medal. If you're looking at his coaching or his football abilities or his player uh, profile, etc., is the Norm Smith medal, I guess those degree will be bringing up the fact that he was charged with bringing the game into disrepute mm. and as he served a long enough sentence away from the game, in some people's eyes, I guess that's the main debate And that's here. the, I guess, are we sending the wrong or right message? That's the thing that you've got to ask. We put the question out there, Moon Doggy, as to whether James Hurd should be presenting the Norm Smith medal at this year's AFL Grand Final. Got a lot of positives call, positive calls. Monica's on the line from Geelong. G'day, Monica, what do you think? Good morning, Moons, yes, I, I'm not a uh, Essendon supporter, mm-hmm. and no, I don't believe he should be able to present the Norm Smith medal because has he actually admitted to doing anything wrong? I don't believe so. No, he hasn't. Uh, Correct. In fact, he, he pursued it through the courts to great expense to himself uh, and, you know, costly for the whole for everybody involved. Uh, he, so why, he why should it he every present term, it? Mon- Monica, why don't you think he should present it? Because he hasn't actually admitted to doing anything wrong, and Moons has just said himself earlier that, you know, do the crime, you do the time. Well, um, yes, and you haven't taken any responsibility for your crime. And I work in that field, and yes, I, don't, I, I believe that he should not be even have anything to do with the AFL again because he has not admitted to any crime. Okay, thanks, Mon. So he's taken no responsibility, has he? No, that's an important step, Mon, whenever people do anything wrong to say... I did the wrong thing. In some ways, it's a tricky one, Moondoggy, because it's a listed order and he was listed to present the Norm Smith medal next. If he was not asked to present the Norm Smith medal, then people would look at it and say, well, the AFL are continuing to snub him. So Mm. it's a bit of a difficult situation, that one. Do you know what? I, I would also look at it in terms of the message that it would send to him, that you're on the outer, not only for now, but forever. And that's not a healthy message. And regardless of... What you think about, you know, drug cheats and drugs in the game, I don't think that that, we should necessarily isolate that individual forever. Morning, Sam. Oh, oh, oh.
Adam's Winter Breakfast Early Morning Quiz. 27 after 6, heading to the top of 14 in Melbourne. Giving away tickets to Paul Kelly. He's got a new album out, Life is Fine. That's on August the 11th. And he's playing a secret gig, Rose. I'm very, I know nothing about this. This well, is how secret it is. I'm very excited. It's secret. And you and three mates could be going to see Paul Kelly at wow. the secret gig. Mm. Pressure test style. The Prime Minister of Australia is wondering. G'day, PM. Uh, good morning to you. Hi. Mark Howard. Named after one of our Prime Ministers, John Howard. Yes, not and really. But you, uh, you, you resemble him in more than one way, too. In, in what way is that, I Prime don't know. Minister? I was just eyebrows? trying to insult you. Eyebrows. eyebrows. I'm not sure no. I've quite got the eyebrows. No, or the... Trimmed. And good morning to you, Rosemary Hello, Prime Minister. Good on you, everybody. Uh, it's going to be a terrific Friday. It is, and we're kicking off with the pressure test quiz mm. of Prime Minister. The question for the good listening audience out there is name seven AFL Norm Smith Medalist. Off the back of James Hurd being invited to present the Norm Smith Medal at this year's grand final. Ben, good morning to you. Good morning, Mr. Prime Minister. How are you? I'm on top of the world, Ben. Now, Fantastic. you're the pressure test bunny. You're ready? Go. Name seven Norm Smith medalists. Uh, Luke Hodge. Um, uh, Norm Smith. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, he hasn't won didn't. one. No, not Jesus. <laughs> Uh, no, I've got. I've absolutely drawn a blank now. Under pressure. There's an argument to say, Prime Minister, that Gary Ablett Senior was named there. <laughs> Jared from Pakenham, your time starts now. Morris Rioli, Stuart Rioli, Michael Long, Luke Hodge, Jason Johannesson, Paul Chapman, Steve Johnson, Sean Hart, Nathan Buckley, James Hurd. That's ten. He's up. He's up. Well done. Jared, were they coming straight off the top, were they, Jared? Uh, yeah, they certainly were. Good on you. Uh, Jared, Paul Kelly tickets for you and three mates to see his secret gig on the back of his new album mm. coming out, Life is Terrific. Fine, on August the 11th. Beautiful. Thanks, boys. Love the work, Howie. Oh, thank you, Jared. That's very nice of you what, to say. What about Lawrence Mooney? Do you, do you like his work too? Oh, the Moon Man does the job. Good on you. Good on you, Jared. You've given us a real lift on a tell Friday you what, morning. Hopefully for all those people commuting into work, the trains will be running smoothly because yesterday, what a debacle it was. I mean, it was a frottage's dream out well, there. Well, Prime Minister... <laughs> Wasn't it? What? Jam-packed. Just rubbing up against one another. Dirty oh, commuters. Prime Minister. <laughs> Prime Minister, why aren't uh, Metro trains... Uh, heading back out and uh, giving people their money back for yesterday. Well, it's not under my remit, Howie. Right. It's a state government thing, and I think that Andrew Daniels or Daniel Johns or whatever his name <laughs> is, the, prem- the Premier of Victoria and lead singer of Silverchair, should come onto this show and explain himself. <laughs> Thank you, Prime Minister. Unfortunately, a big fire, as you ought to have seen on the news last night, a recycling factory out in Coolaroo continues to burn. Joining us on the line now from the MFB headquarters, it is nice to speak to Meg Rayner. G'day, Meg. How are you? Good morning. Busy. Yeah, very <laughs> it's been busy. Been a big night. What, what, what happened? night for our crew. Well, what happened overnight? Hopefully they're all getting through okay because it would have been a tough night at the office last night. Yeah, absolutely. No, we, do, we still have about 80 fireys out on scene, um, yeah. MFB, CFA, and obviously a bunch of other emergency management personnel as well. Um, just working to get this fire under control at Coolaroo. So we've contained it to within that, that recycling plant, but it does still continue to burn. Plumes of toxic smoke coming off. What is the fourth mm. fire in five months at this site? What caused this fire, Meg? 
look, it's still not under control, so we don't have that yet. Um, but, um, you know, our main focus at the moment is just working to, to get that fire down and, um, and to reduce the smoke that is pushing out into the community. Now, uh, I, I watched a little bit of fire extinguishing myself. I'm not a pyro, but uh, why don't we get Elvis onto this? Why don't we just do the big bomb onto this one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have asked us that and it does look like when you're watching it on TV that that would be a great way to, to put it out. And we did, you know, MFB use that back in um, Broadmeadows at the Magar Tire Factory. But, look, we, we did do a bit of an assessment and it just wasn't going to work for this fire um, because of the nature of what's burning. Um, you know, we risked displacing all of that, that paper and that piles of recycled material and it just, oh, right. uh, it just wouldn't have been safe. So, so you end up with so an ember attack the- somewhere else. Oh, well, yeah. So what what we've got the guys on well we've got the firefighters on scene is using um, hoses um, to try and to wet that material down and to extinguish that fire. Speaking to Meg Rayner from the MFB about the fire out in Coolaroo at the recycling factory. Meg, some evacuations too for local residents due to the smoke. Correct. An evacuation message does remain in place um, for about 115 homes um, in the area of Dallas, which is near Coolaroo. Um, and, and also a watch and act message or shelter indoors message for people who live in Broad Meadows, Dallas, Campbellfield, Faulkner, Glenroy, Jacana, and West Meadows. Um, smoke can obviously be seen though as far as you know Brunswick and Essendon and all the way you know to the city at some point. So we just really need people to make sure that they are monitoring their local conditions and keeping themselves and their families safe. All that info is at emergency.vic.gov.au or you can check out the MFB social media channels as well. And Meg, I've just retweeted that from our at MM Hot Breakfast account. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, look, we did have um, quite a few people evacuate overnight and they came down to the to the Broadmeadows um, Aquatic Centre, which is where we have a relief centre set up. Um, and there were people affected by the smoke, you know, ambulance um, treated people overnight for it. So we just mm. need people to be proactive and, and, and look at what their the impacts are locally and, and take action where appropriate. Thank you, Meg. Thank you for having a chat with us and may all your crew stay safe out there. Thank you. Meg Rayner from the MFB talking about factories catching on fire. Now, this is a, a bit of a uh, twist in the story. Mm, uh, twist in the tail, uh, Howie. Just she was mentioning the tyre factory out at Broadmeadows. I've done some, uh, in my younger days, some pretty average jobs, and I was involved with this operation called Drake, where they used to send you out day in, day out to <laughs> yeah. do different jobs. And I got sent to it's this a place. personnel yes, yes, company. Yes, got to... Uh, sent out. I'd been working overseas, so I needed to come back, and I was trying to buy a home. So you had to prove an income back in Australia. So you had to have some money coming in. So you're one of those guys with a home. <laughs> well, well, not you. Yeah, this was a while ago now. <laughs> uh, and I got sent out to this factory where you had to, it was recycled tyres, and my job was to stand there, in theory, all day and dip a rag in a bucket of black ink, for want of a better term, and hold it against the tyre, which would spin round the retreaded tyre to black it before it would go and get sent out again. Right. Now, this was three hours in. I was like, this really, really, really sucks. And it got to lunchtime. I'm thinking, I can't get through the full day here. Two o'clock, the joint caught on fire. Right. <laughs> and we all were given knockoff for the day. Yes. Right. Never saw the place again. <laughs> Never has a bloke been happier to see a factory catch on fire. And I don't think they retread t- tyres anymore. They oh. do not. Retread tyres.
I think. Uh, Do they not? No, I think you know your, your cheap imports right. are taking care of retreads. Real crap. But if job. you are working in a, uh, a tyre factory today, uh, take care <laughs> out there. I hope it catches on fire for you. <laughs> Daily serve on Fox Sports with Adam Peacock, Boris Becker. It has been absolutely extraordinary and a fantastic result overnight in Wimbledon. And the cock joins us on the line now from that part of the world. Good day, Ed. <laughs> Uh, g'day, Howie. Just at the uh, the Raj Duke Indian restaurant, famous one in uh, Wimbledon. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how it'll be going in about nine hours' time, but I'm enjoying myself <laughs> right now. Hey, talking about who's going well, Venus Williams is into another Wimbledon final, a five-time winner there. It's one of the great sports stories, mate, especially after the tough start she had to the tournament with everything that was bubbling around. Yeah, she, she rolls into Wimbledon, 37 years of age. Okay, she's... She's actually got back to near her best, like cast with top 10, if not in the top 10, and um, playing some pretty good tennis. But involved in a car accident not that long ago where she was um, basically sitting there in a tennis section and then someone who wasn't, uh, I don't think was concentrating, came and smashed into a car and she actually was to blame for the fact that she was in the intersection in the car accident and one of the passengers or maybe it was the driver in that car uh, actually um, ended up dying, which was... So unfortunate and so rattling, obviously, being involved in something like that. Um, she was being culpable of that for a while, but I think she's been cleared of any wrongdoing. But um, she's had all that swirling around while she's trying to get going in a, in a Grand Slam tournament, and she's ended up making the final. It's, uh, it's quite extraordinary, but mm. I suppose we shouldn't be um, surprised when um, anything comes with the, uh, the Williams sisters. They can pull out the extraordinary from time to time. Yeah, it's terrific for Venus and, of course, the perennial Swiss man himself, Federer, into a semi. Yes, and um, I think half of half of England's got a semi about it as well. Um, they, they just love the guy. Come on, Guru! <laughs> you had a couple of points down in there at the Indian, have you? Oh. <laughs> a, well, they've got a semi on. Lawrence Mooney's there. I'm just trying to live up to the reputation. Yes. Well, don't let me bring the tone oh, down oh, or up. You've been spending too much time with your man, <laughs> Boris Becker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we were sitting there with Boris Becker the other night. We were talking about Gregor Dimitrov, who goes out with that Nicole Scherzinger from right. the uh, the Pussycat Dolls. And, and Boris sits there, and I said, oh, "Boris, what, how do you think he's handling things off court?" And Boris goes, "Well, what? Speaking from personal experience, the temptation sometimes is it's just too hard to say no sometimes." And I'm just sitting there going, "Yeah, I know, Boris. I know, I know story. Tell but, us about the cupboard, um, Boris." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get that out of him, unfortunately. But yeah, Federer, mate, Federer, um, going nicely, just straight yeah, up. Yeah, let's get back to semi. How do we get there? Um, <laughs> get back to the semi. Uh, he's in epic form. He's, he's quite extraordinary. So um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to beat him. I don't think his name's on the trophy yet because he plays uh, Thomas Burdich in the semi-finals, and he plays either Marin Cilic and Sam Querrey in the mm. final if he gets through that one against Burdich. Now, these guys can just bomb the serve and hit big. And if anything's going to beat Federer is getting hit off the court. If he, if he plays a guy that's just going to hit with him, Federer's going to win every time. But if he plays a guy that's just going to serve the lights out and, and hit forehands for fun that you can't even track on the on the speed gun, well, he, he might be in a bit of trouble. But as it stands right now, yeah, Federer's the favourite and it would be quite the story to win his 19th Grand title. Yeah, my word it would add. You guys at Fox Sports have done a wonderful job of Wimbledon as you do. All sports you cover. We'll keep an eye out for you and Boris and the crew on the daily serve, mate. And thanks for bringing us up to date and maybe just go back and have your ninth pint and then knock it on the head for the night. <laughs> 
No, I've, I've got to get back to the Joe Frazier, Alex. <laughs> that's it. That. That's yeah, it. Maybe the eighth point after that. <laughs> Adam Peacock from Wimbledon. Good on you, Adam. Yeah, he's a very, very good operator and a great man, as is the man beside me who's wandered in with some more overnight sport, Jason Bennett. G'day, JB. Good morning, everybody. Daniel Ricciardo will start there. His shoey has taken on a bit of a life of its own this season. If you haven't ever seen it, it's when he takes his old racing shoe off after the race and mm. fills it with champagne and either drinks it himself or gives it to someone else. He's had five consecutive podiums as they head to Silverstone this weekend and he was asked about the shoey phenomenon at the driver's press conference overnight. It seems like he's been trying to put it to bed but with no luck. I, I honestly didn't plan on doing it. In, even Baku, I was like, oh, I won't do it. DC took my shoes off and then uh, Austria, Martin was like frothing for it. So... <laughs> I was like, I, f- I feel like there's some real sick bastards around here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I never thought it would continue like this. Like, even yesterday, people were shouting it. I'm just, like, walking along, minding my business, and they're like, do a shoey. I'm like, I don't actually just take my shoe off while I'm walking in the street and drink out of it. So I feel like I dug a hole for myself with this one. On that note, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's been fun. Uh, I want to say it's ran its course. We'll see what happens. But, uh... I, I heard the Finns drink. I really heard that. But um, Valtteri did not did not carry his flag well last Sunday. I mean, shame on him. Wow. <laughs> well, he needed vodka in it. All right. So uh, Valtteri Bottas. Disappointed. <laughs> Lewis. That's it. No more shoeies. <laughs> you haven't. Uh, you haven't. You've avoided it so far, have you? Absolutely. <laughs> Don't plan on. I still stand firm on the toe jam stuff, you know. <laughs> the juice from the foot is uh, is not something I wish to to drink, <laughs> especially if someone else is. So. <laughs> it's risky with back to backs. It is. <laughs> we the, all the podium guys could end up in hospital for a week, so. <laughs> I'll tell you what, his joy is contagious, isn't it? That's a man enjoying himself thoroughly. And not everybody that wins those races does enjoy himself. Time for your Kimi Raikkonen impersonation. Dai's just excited about the win today. So, yeah. Quick song and then more from JB. Good on you, Howie. That is awesome. Continuing with overnight news, JB. Let's do AFL oh, now. Yes. Round 17 kicks off tonight. Massive game. St Kilda and Essendon at Eddie had. Mm. The Saints on a four-game winning streak. They're on the cusp of the top four all of a sudden. The Dons coming off a win over the Pies. They need another win to keep in touch with the top eight. Two changes for the Saints. Tom Hickey in for Billy Longer, who's injured. 18-year-old Halebury schoolboy Josh Battle will debut to replace the suspended Tim Membry for the Saints. We don't often see schoolboy footballers these days at AFL level, so good luck to Josh. I saw the coach saying he can get a crack at it because it's a quiet period of time for the homework because it's school holidays. School holidays, that's mm. right. What are you doing in school holidays? I'll play AFL. Hale also very close to Linton Street, right there in the heartland. Perfect. South Road on Moorabbin. The, the Dons have rested Joe Watson, Craig Bird, his replacement. Your thoughts? Well, he obviously needs a rest. <laughs> <laughs> on the winner. <laughs> on the winner. Oh, sorry. So. Uh, who's playing? St Kilda and Essendon. Uh, I think the Saints get it done tonight. No, I, I tell you what, uh, always a little bit inside the head of St Kilda, the Mighty Bombers, and uh, I reckon we can just get over the line here. Four in a row, they've played some amazing football. Maybe it's time for them to just... Mm, be high scoring. Stop dead like Richmond did last week. Geelong and Hawthorne at the G tomorrow. Two teams who have drawn with GWS in the last fortnight, suggesting this one could be a lot closer than the latter might suggest. Scott Selwood and Dan Menzel in for the Cats. No change for the Hawks. Hodges 300th, Hawks. Hawks, I reckon. Emotion. Mm. 
Port host North Melbourne in Adelaide. Port won three of their last four. North have lost five straight. One change for the power. Logan Austin in for Jack Homsch. While explosive small forward Cameron Zerhar will debut for the Ruse at the expense of, expense of Trent Dumont. Port at home. Both mercurial, but Port at home. Collingwood head north to meet the Gold Coast. The Pies on a four-game losing streak. They've recalled Daniel Wells ahead of schedule, along with Jeremy Howe, Darcy Moore and Jared Blair. Mm. The Suns have lost three of their last four, but have some big ins. Gary Ablett, Pierce Hanley, Aaron Hall and Michael Riscatelli for his first game after an ACL. Gold Coast. Oh, apparently the Collingwood supporters are arcing right up about some of the selections uh, from last night. But uh, yeah, goalies, I reckon. Huge Sydney derby tomorrow night. GWS coming off back-to-back draws. They regain Steve Johnson, Zach Williams, Toby Green. The Swans on a five-game winning streak and they've got Josh Kennedy back. Swans. Schwans. Melbourne and Adelaide and Darwin tomorrow night. The D's won four of their last five. Jay Kennedy Harrison for Billy Stretch. The Crows have named Lynch and Greenwood. Miller are out with a calf. Adelaide. Adelaide. Richmond and Brisbane, Eddie had Sunday. The Tigers Ooh. coming off that belting from the Saints last week. Vloston, Miles, Broad, Bolton, Soldo all into their extended squad. Brisbane hammered by Geelong. Josh Shackey named for the Lions. Who's you, calling this? If you missed it yesterday, uh, Joe Montagna on his calling debut. You won't hear that Triple M Melbourne because the Sunday rub will be on. Jump on the AFL app, click on the Triple M link, and you'll hear Joey in action there, I think, Richmond. Hello, Joe. I know you want it to be publicised. Yep. Uh, this is going to be one of the great calls. Yep. He's a combination of Dennis Cometti and Richie Benno. Mm. And uh, Walter Cronkite. That's it. Uh, Richmond. Carlton and the Dogs, the MCG Sunday. Crips and White out for the Blues. McCready dropped. Alex Silvani named to return from his knee injury. The Dogs naming Murphy, Biggs, Dixon and 18-year-old Lewis Young for his potential debut. The Dogs have lost four of their last five. They've slipped to 11th. The Blues have lost their last three, but they're playing much better than their ladder position suggests. They've been good against GWS, Adelaide and Melbourne. Cripps does leave a big hole. Yeah, he does. They've got an unbelievable back line, Carlton, but the Dogs just have to win, so I think they do. Mm, Tough one. I reckon Carlton. Round wraps up the Western Derby. Tommy Sheridan out with a hamstring for Freo. Mundy and Spur in their squad. Josh Kennedy and Will Schofield back for West Coast. The Eagles are ninth. They've gone win-loss the last five games. Freo are 12th coming off that win over North at Etihad. Kennedy back West Coast just. West Coast. Howie Juddy, the Friday night huddle from six Ooh. ahead of the Saints and Dons tonight. Triple M. Rockin the footy. ratings came in during the week as well. How'd we go? <sighs> Juddy is a ratings extravaganza. Of course he is. I'll add that to his statue. The Juddernaut. Oh, yes, that's exactly what he is. <laughs> Just ask him. This is a man that, as we were leaving the MCG two weeks ago, mused, hmm, I wonder where they're going to put my statue. What uh, pose would it be if they put Juddy's statue well, up? Well, this is, you don't the... know if he's the dashing West Coast eagle with the hair mm. or the in and under tough Carlton style. I reckon when he's leaping in the air after he kicks that goal against Richmond in the oh, final. Right. Hand up in yeah. front of his face. Right now, Howie, we are continuing your list of oh. things men shouldn't do. It started yesterday with the umbrella. <laughs> uh, you said a real man would never carry an I'm umbrella. Sure he would prefer to go, come on, back yourself in, son. <laughs> I tell you what, there's a lot of Triple M listeners out there that are on your side. And mm. then the list grew a little bit. There's other things men shouldn't do. Drink tea. <laughs> now, as a tea drinker, I said, no, that's not right. That's one of the great drinks that has, you know, established civilization. No, or dye their hair, you said too. So we're continuing this with... Hello and welcome to Howie's anachronistic views of masculinity and the masculinist construct. Over to you, Howie. So, over to you, Howie. Your anachronistic views right. of masculinity. What, right. what else men, shouldn't men do? There's a lot of people wanting to join you too. On one triple three p 3 I grew up in the country, mm-hmm. so they're country no views. These are things that I've got a five-year-old son, the big penguin. I will sit him down at age 12 and I'll say, right, son, 
these things you will never do. As well he's, as... He's still called the Big Penguin by is. then. That's fine. That's I'll sit fine. him down on his 33rd birthday and say, listen, Big Penguin. As well as not drinking tea, uh, using an umbrella or dyeing his hair, he will never, ever wear a scarf. Oh, oh that, come well, on. You, hold on. You're he talking, will what about never to the football? wear a scarf. Oh, a football I love scarf it. is an exception and the only exception to that rule. I love a scarf When he winter. becomes a father, he will never, ever wear a baby Bjorn. Oh, on the front. On the front. What's he supposed oh. to do? Carry the kid under his arm. Put him like under your arm, and that's what you're meant to do with your child. Okay. Uh, Cam from Packnam, what do you think men should never do? Men should never shave their legs. Right. Uh, I work with a guy mm-hmm. that shaves his legs. He's in his mid-40s. not going to say any names. Quite a hairy guy. Mm-hmm. So puts his shorts on. Smoothest legs I've ever seen. Does from it... the bottom down, you'd think it's a female. And so... Uh, it's just unnatural. It's unnatural. It's wrong. He should have his curly hair there. Tez from Packnam, what do you think men shouldn't do? Oh, Oh, you're you're cutting out there, Tez. You're breaking up, Tez. I've just had uh, a text through from our friend John Oroglasso, who works on the front bar. He said, men should never do lady push-ups, which are the ones that you start on your knees. Yeah, I've got a couple of gym ones in here as well in my list, so don't worry. Please Uh, continue. Men, or my son, I will never let him use a hairdryer, and let's be honest, probably not a brush, or to be honest, hairspray either. So no hairbrush, no hairspray, no hairdryer. No product. You can use product. But no hairspray. Not hairspray. Gel, okay. Mousse, okay. No hairspray. Mousse and gel. Yes. Straight out of the 80s. I will never let my son wear tights. Without wearing shorts over the top of them. Oh, so as in skins? Yes, skins. You can wear your skins. You yeah. can wear your tights, no. but not like Chris Judd. You have to wear shorts. I think over that's the top just being polite. Gary from Narry Warren. <laughs> Gary from Narry. What do you reckon men should never do? G'day, Lawrence. I'm uh, I'm your vintage uh, in years, mate. So uh, when I hear of young fellas owning hair straighteners, almost lose the lose the plot, mate. Correct. Out of control. Correct. Now there's a distinction, Howie, between a hair straightener and a hair dryer. Okay. Shouldn't use either. Okay. Go out with wet hair. Don't use your umbrella. Don't worry about it. Thanks, Roll on. Gary. Lee from Bentley. What do you think men shouldn't do? Uh, if they've got a female partner, they shouldn't have hair longer than their female partner, and they shouldn't be, spend time longer time than their female partner doing their hair. Are you sending a veiled message to your partner? No, I wouldn't <laughs> be with a guy like that. Okay. Whereas <laughs> under my rules, Moon Doggy, a man can have hair as long as he wants, as long as he doesn't use a hairdryer on it. Now, what is your hair routine? Because you always come in beautifully quaffed. Is no. this just beach? Or are you using some kind of product well, in can, there? If, if you haven't surfed for a while, you can wax some product in there, but mm. no hairdryer. Okie dokie. Hayden from Geelong. I think this is a good one, actually. I might agree with this. Hayden, what do you reckon men shouldn't Um, do? Men should definitely not sit down to pee. (laughs) Uh, What about in the middle of the night when you go into the bathroom, you don't want to turn the light on, and you're looking, you're searching for that sound of water on water, and all of a sudden it's like you're hitting, it sounds like water on towel. I agree, Hayden. Never sit down. I, I don't think. I don't think it matters because, you know, you've been using that thing for a while, so if you can't aim it, you shouldn't have it. Right. There you go. If you can't aim it, you shouldn't have it. I've got a few more for you that I would never let my son do when he grows up. Never, ever wear a turtleneck jumper. 
not oh. happening. What about, what about a skivvy? No skivvy either. No oh, skivvy, no turtleneck. Well, you've clearly you never seen a, You've never seen an episode of D- The Most Dangerous Catch. They're all in turtlenecks. Sorry. They're hard men out in the North Sea. Now, as far as fitness goes, you need to stay fit, but you are never, ever, ever allowed to power walk. You can run, but not power walk. <laughs> That's I, for the females. I reckon, well, I wouldn't even go gender on power walking. I'd just say, stop walking. What about walking in the Olympics? That's okay, but it's not power really? walking. Also in the gym, you cannot use the cross trainer. That thing where you All move right. your legs and arms <laughs> at the same time. Not allowed to do that. I've got a couple. Oh, I've got one more for you. Also, this is great stuff. My son will never, ever be allowed to wear a dressing gown. Or to be honest, any man shouldn't oh. wear pajamas full stop. No, I'm not a big pajamas fan, but what about the big fluffy dressing no gown that you get at the, the motel? Put it on, settle down, bag of cashews and a couple of beers. What do you think of my list, Rosie? Um, I think that uh, the dressing gown thing's a bit weird, but <laughs> pajama bottoms. Mm. Pajama bottoms, but very important. Young men could, should be able to be free to do whatever they want to do, whether they want to straighten their hair, mm. put gel in it. I think the worst one is the baby Bjorn. That'll be the one that'll lose me. I don't if you know. Operate with the baby Bjorn. That's, that's it. equal parenting. No, you, you carry him under your the arm. The skins can, thing definitely have to wear shorts over. Can the we top. play the opener one more time? Because no, I don't think we're ever going to play this again. This is Friday. Hello and welcome to Howie's anachronistic views of masculinity <laughs> and the masculinist construct. Over to you, Howie. <laughs> I was discussing this with the beautiful Mrs. H yesterday, saying, mm. do you, uh, "You think I should go with this on the radio?" She said, "No, mm. no." And no. She sounds like an evolved and intelligent woman. <laughs> and what the hell is she doing with that. you? Great headline on the front of the Herald Sun today. Great train robbery. Tens mm. of thousands of commuters caught in yesterday's rail chaos. One of those men was the man that has become known as the Western Bulldogs banner writer, but he should be known as one of Melbourne's great comedians. Danny McGinley is on the line. G'day, Danny. Hey, Danny. G'day, how? G'day, how? G'day, Moon Man. It's, uh, yeah, what an ordeal I lived through. Well, oh. describe your ordeal. All right, I got on the uh, I got on the South Morang line at about uh, quarter to four yesterday on my way into work at the front bar mm-hmm. where I I work behind the scenes and then you do the, the warm up there for the the, guys? the audience warm up yeah yeah and um, I got halfway between Jollymont and Flinders Street and the train just stopped and you know trains often stop around there when you're going into Flinders Street you know they're they're just lining up all the platforms and then yeah twenty minutes later um, 20. I just uh, 20 minutes later, I get a call from the front bar going, hey, are you close? And I go, yeah, I um, don't know what's going on. And then you get the announcement uh, that says, uh, please don't force open the doors. We will let you know what's happening very soon. And, uh, yeah, so we were stuck there for an hour and a half. I was, um, it, was, it was a bit – it was actually all right because we were on the way in, so we had an empty train. There, we, there was a, a guy from, I think, Manchester, a tradie, who'd uh, just missed out on a job due to visa reasons. I learned, he spoke on the phone for, for like – 95% of the hour. So if you want to know his whole life, I know the whole effing thing, <laughs> which is so the most annoying thing. The most important thing is, did you make it to the front bar to set the scene uh, so those guys can tie their wagon to your star? You warm the audience up. I do. Um, I got there for the second half of the show, which is um, really <laughs> when, when the job is pretty much done. So <laughs> Now, Daddy, you have a, a medium that reaches all corners of this city and state, and that is the banner. People are focusing on it. Uh, you have made the Western Bulldogs banner a thing of beauty in the last few years. Are you going to seek revenge against <laughs> Metro Rail on the banner? 
Well, I'm thinking so, because a lot of people took great delight in pointing out to me on social media the metaphor of uh, being of being at the MCG and then the train completely stopping, being an, uh, an analogy for the Western Bulldogs yeah. season after last year's grand final. Uh, and really, I, yeah, so I, I think I will be doing something about um, metro trains will take you from go to woe. Can I get to work on time? Computer says no. Yay! Oh. Computer says no. Unlike metro trains, the Bulldogs train is still rolling. Yeah, mm. that's not bad. That's not See, bad. It, it was. It, it did get. It got quite scary for a while. I was looking around the carriage. I thought, if we live in the train now, I've got to build a society. So I picked out who I wanted okay. to breed with, who oh, I was going yeah. to elect leader, and who I was going to eat. Right. <laughs> Were they all the same person? It was. Yeah, it was one bloke. <laughs> hey, good on you, Danny. Appreciate your time. Love your work around town. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Moon Man. Paul Ruse is shortly to join us in the studio in about seven minutes' time. A few weeks ago on the Sunday rub on Triple M, Lawrence Mooney, on the football. I like the Sunday rub. Thank you. I thoroughly uh, enjoy it. Wayne Schwash was a withdrawer on the Saturday night. Then Sunday morning, Wayne Carey withdrew. So it just left myself, Ruse, and Jay Clark. See, when Wayne Carey pulls out, I always think, where is he? What is he up to? <laughs> He'll say cold or bronchitis, yes. but I know better. What are you trying to say? I'm saying that he's uh, he leads a very colourful existence. He is a full time dad. A full time dad. So he, he's his busy life with the changed. kids. Exactly, he's busy with the kids. Anyway, Jay Z and I are a bit flat because we didn't have the two big kangaroo North Melbourne superstars. So we said to Ruzi, Ruzi, at the start of the show, can you give us a bit of a lift? I gave him about five seconds warning before the ads finished playing, and this is what the great man delivered. Disappointing. Complacency setting in. That, that's the thing that worries me today, boys. Carey, is he dining out on his footy career? Swash. I know he's won premierships. I know he won a best and fairest at Sydney. He's not here. Jay Z goes to Terrellgan Friday night with a mate, has a few drinks. Gets up at 6.30, comes in dishevelled. Howie walks in about 10 minutes to one. Normally the first one here. Complacency. 2.05. How easy would it have been for Jude Bolton to say, Chris Judd's too good for me. How easy would it have been for Brett Kirk to say, Ben Cousins, I can't take him on. Ben Matthews. Kerr, I can't play on him, Ruzi. It's, it's easy to do. Oh, no, it's going to be an honourable loss. We'll go out. Fans haven't seen us win for 72 years. We'll just wander out, get beaten by five. No one rates us. That's easy to do. That's it. They dug deep. How easy would it have been? Luke Ablett, I'm looking down the pocket now. He squares the ball up. Ben Cousins marks it in the goal square. Kicks a goal. Did we roll over? No. We fought and we won. That's what we're going to do today. Jay-Z, Howie, look me in the eye. I'm ready, Rusey. Are we on or not? Let's go. Are you ready to go, Moondog? I am bursting out of my bloody pants right now. <laughs> That's not what Rusey needs. Before I introduce our next guest, this was Wayne Carey on the Sunday Rub on Triple M last week. I just get a strong feeling Paul Ruse is is connected to Collingwood and and uh, he might be at Collingwood next year. And just some of the things he says, it sounds to me, Swatter, that now he's obviously one of the great footy brains in our game and been an unbelievable coach and what he did at Sydney and obviously at Melbourne. The way he's spoken about Collingwood this year, he's really thought about it and he, he spoke a lot about bringing his team and he spoke a lot about Collingwood's team at the moment. Not the, not the footballers, not Nathan Buckley, mm. but the team that Bucks has got. Put it this way, I don't think Ruzi will be sitting here with us 
on Triple M next year. Now, Moondog, you were talking it up this morning when mm. you had this to say. Ruzy knows what he's up for. Well, what type of questions are they going to be? Are you going to coach Collingwood? Oh, and then he'll say no. And, <laughs> and then we'll ask him for his tips. <laughs> G'day to Paul Roos. Hello, Ruzy. Hello, Ruzy. How are you? Do you just, want me to answer the question now, or do you we're, want me to... We're no, just back I'll, from I'll, Hawaii. Yeah. I think, Let's uh, go in slowly. Yeah, yes. Go on then, Moondoggy. You're the football reporter journalist here. Okay, so you're back from Hawaii. Let me set the scene. You're sitting at the uh, at the bar poolside. At Duke's. And what what have you ordered? They're mixing up, you up a nice uh, cocktail. I had an orange. It was a Hawaiian sunset. was nice. Mm. So I had one of those. That was uh, quite nice. And across the... Across nice, the... uh, hang on, let me finish. Yeah. Don't interrupt me. Can we set the same thing? Okay. If we're going to do it, let's do it Sorry. properly. Don't interrupt uh, me. A mar- couple of margaritas, mm. nice pina colada. Oh, you're on the way. And a Mai Tai. No, that was spread over. No, it wasn't, okay. wasn't all on one evening. That was sort of spread over a few evenings. And there you see a, uh, a man just breaststroking towards you. Is that, a, <laughs> is that a young, slim Eddie Maguire I see there? It is Eddie. G'day, Eddie. Well, what I didn't recognise him at first. When <laughs> let's be clear on that, because as he jumped off the catamaran, uh, he'd been on the, the uh, sunset cruise just out past Diamond Head, which goes off about five o'clock, Howie, and mm. comes back about mm. seven thirty. As he jumped off the boat, I didn't recognise him. So because he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. So he said, "Rosie, Rosie," and I just kept walking past him. So he actually mm. didn't even talk about the coaching gig. <laughs> hey, in all seriousness, mate, while you've been away, and it's great to have you back. The rumour that has been going around Melbourne that Eddie was in Europe. Mm. And he came back via Hawaii to have a chat with you about a potential coaching position. Yeah, that's not true. Um, well, I was over there for a conference, which was great. Uh, spent uh, most of my time on Maui. I'm normally in Waikiki. That's where my house is. And uh, but no, if he did, uh, if he did land in Waikiki, he wouldn't have found me there anyway. So uh, that's yeah, completely untrue. I'm sure he had a lot of uh, exciting things. I think he was watching his son play cricket for a while, wasn't he, from mm. memory? So I think he was. I think and, he and I know, it's a, when we ask you about this, I know it's a difficult <coughs> position for you no matter what because there is a current coach of Collingwood. Absolutely, He is, is the installed coach and he will continue as coach until that is no longer the case. Would you be interested in coaching Collingwood if the opportunity arose, Rusey? No, I wouldn't be. And it's funny, I mean, people ask me, and I... The last time when I was uh, finished with the Swans, I was working at the academy. I just tried to be as honest as I possibly could. And I and I remember, I think it was on a Friday night with Fox Footy and it was late in the season and there'd been a lot of speculation about you know, Melbourne and then Brisbane came up and things like that. And I'd been saying no, no, no. And then Eddie said, um, <clears throat> I'll give us an update on the, the coaching situation. And they didn't know it was coming. I said, yeah, look, um, I'm thinking of maybe doing the Melbourne job. And they all nearly fell off their chair. So I just... I'm happy to provide a commentary on it if people want to ask me. And I was as honest as I possibly could last time. And the people, the reason people don't believe me this time is because it did change last time. But, uh, yeah, I've already booked a, a trip, a holiday, um, you know, going overseas on the, the night of the grand final, actually, and won't be back until January 15th. So unless they move the team, any team, to to uh, Waikiki, I, I definitely won't be able to do that. Nice pre-season in Waikiki. Nice Beautiful, yeah. Terrific. Has anyone contacted you in recent times about any potential coaching positions? No, not at all. I think the, the, the industry understands my position. I think you made a good point before, How I think as an industry, we're, we're better internal. And I'm talking about not necessarily the media, which is the industry I'm in now. I think the internal football industry with Mark Brayshaw and the coach association, they've done a really good job to respect the coaches now. And I think, you know, from CEOs to board members, I think the days now of the, the clandestine phone call are, are finished, which I think is, is good. Um, you know, when I wasn't coaching Sydney, that happened a couple of times, but 
there certainly wasn't any concrete approaches. Whereas now, I think we're more sophisticated. As you said, Nathan Buckley, whether it's Nathan Buckley, there was some speculation on Rodney Ede yesterday. Mm. Yeah, I think those coaches are really well respected now. Um, and I agree with you before. There's no jobs available at the moment until that comes up. I think it's unfair on coaches to talk about any, you know, any coach or any assistant coach taking that job. So when Duck alludes to the fact that you might not be on Triple M next year, is he suggesting that you should be sacked from the commentary team? Well, I, I did go over that before with MJ because I hadn't heard it. So I just wanted to check the ratings as we walked in here. So I was on the computer before with MJ and, um, yeah, I might have to ring Duck and say, mate, I thought we were getting on really well. I mean, I thought we had a good combination going. Howie, and Sunday. looking at the ratings too, they were a very, very nice number. Hey, uh, before we get to the footy, you do love Hawaii. You get over there a lot. What, what do you get up to over there? You, you actually were just telling me, in your Fitzroy days, this is where the love affair began. Yeah, it was. It's interesting when I look back now and um, spending so much time over there. I remember, I think it was January of 80, 84, One of the old Fitzroy boys would, might remember and can text me. But January eighty four, and Wolsey was coaching and had an idea of a pre season camp in Hawaii, and it was it was fantastic. <laughs> we trained unbelievably hard, but back in those days, you know, coaches were reasonably relaxed in terms of. Yeah, the drinking and socialising. And we had a really sensible group of players at, at Fitzroy. So I remember as a 20, 21-year-old, back then the drinking age in Hawaii was 18, so everyone was okay. But we had some great guys and we had an unbelievable trip. So it's, it's quite ironic that you know, I've landed there uh, many, many years later and, and the connection goes back to yeah, 84. Uh, talking about you know playing for Fitzroy, you're a Fitzroy great. Uh, let me take you back to 1993, circa 93, Princess Park, playing Collingwood. Uh, one of the great games, because I just lived across the road. I used to go across and watch any football. Uh, you were playing full forward in the final quarter against Gary Pert, who had left Fitzroy, gone to Collingwood. You take a mark. I think you kicked the winning goal that day. Are you looking forward to working with Purdy again at Collingwood? <laughs> <laughs> well, the story goes behind that. So Purdy, Fitzroy tried to get rid of me to Collingwood. Purdy had done his knee. Um, and then I didn't end up going, and they got rid of Purdy, which, mm. and then he had the knee Rico, came back, played Lynch, he'd kicked I think three or four of them in the first half, they moved him forward, he kicked the goal to put him in front it was his birthday uh, that day as well, so we all went out that night um, so it was a really big day for Purdy, it was a tough day because his dad had played for Fitzroy, he'd played for Fitzroy and then he went and played and then he thought he'd kick the winning goal and I said, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to happen um, and I sorted that out down the other end <laughs> with a left foot snap from uh, yeah, probably 70 or 80 metres out um, <laughs> 70 or 80. and put it, uh, it put, put us back in front, so yeah. <laughs> no, it was a it tough was a terrific day. game. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great game of footy, yeah, they'd mm. come back I think from five goals and got in front and uh, yeah, I remember the game vividly but uh, we don't sort of discuss it, Purdy and I. <laughs> Footy world, as you disappeared, it moves very, very quickly. The Saints, they were unbelievable mm. the first half. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the highlights against the Tigers last week. They take on the Bombers tonight, Ruzi. They're starting to make things click, the Saints now. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's sort of probably Duck alluded to on Triple M. I mean, uh, I try to analyse and we try to analyse the games and the patterns that happen in the games. And, and Duck mentioned about the, you know, talking about Collingwood, their recruiting and you know, their, their coaching staff. I've liked the way St Kilda have built their list, built their team, built you know what they do. There's just this inconsistency they've had over the last couple of years. Very similar to Melbourne in a, in a way and very similar to the Bulldogs before that. They're strong around the ball. They're hard around the ball. They get numbers to the contest after contest after contest. And I think what we've seen in the last five weeks is just another elevation again of where they've, they've got. I think they got 12 wins last year and mm. everyone was talking about finals. Probably the hard, harder jump is to you know, from, go from 12 to the 13 or 14 or 15 win sort of thing. But yeah, look, it doesn't surprise me because of their brand of football that they play. Uh, 
and when they're when they're on, when they're tackling, when they're fierce, they're a very very good football team. Luke Hodge plays game number three hundred for the Hawks. He announced his retirement while you're away. Perfect day for it to come. Hodgie versus Geelong, traditional time slot, Saturday afternoon at the MCG. There's a lot to look forward to there. And, and just your thoughts on Hodgie. I declared today should be a public holiday nationally and oh, possibly internationally. I think internationally is probably <laughs> getting a bit carried away. But he's been a, just a, a star of the game, Ruzi. Yeah, I remember back to that draft, and I remember just the noise around Ball, Hodge, and Juddy, Judd, Juddy's mm. shoulders, and there was some concern about him. And I don't want to say it was a surprise because they were all very, very good players, you know, but it was probably, I think everyone going into that draft sort of maybe thought Juddy was just a slightly better, but there was concerns around his shoulder. I mean, all three players have been unbelievable players, but I don't think so you can't complain about any of them. Um, so it was a great selection. I think. Yeah, what sort of stands out is is big moments, you know, big moments in big games, just consistently. Mm. Uh, and I think that's what everyone loves about Hodgie, that you know, even this year when people were questioning him at the start of the year as he finished it, now I, th- I think he came out and had 30-something the next game and, and all of a sudden he started to organise a defence, which he's done for years and years. He's helping Ryan Burton and young kids in the mm. back line, Hardwick and guys like that. Uh, he's just a superstar and, you know, I haven't had a great deal to do with him, but what I have had, you know, he's just a really good person too really good fella. Um, yeah, everyone's going to miss him. People, you know, people miss players like that. And, you know, guys like Brett Kirk, I suppose, um, you know, there's, there's a number of them, but guys that are universally loved that from, from there's not a, I wouldn't think they're a footy person that would have no. a bad word to say about no. Hodgie. You know, he's, he's a couple of Geelong supporters probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, I reckon they'll be clapping him off on the weekend too, sort of thing, because yeah, everything he does, he does with class, but he's universally loved. He transcends the Hawthorne footy club. And uh, yeah, look, it's, it's a great story of 300 games this week. Uh, uh, terrific. Is, yeah. uh, you know, they say success has many fathers and failures are bastard. <laughs> is there somebody at Hawthorne that owns the decision to draft Hodgie? Is there somebody that says that? John that's... Hook was there at the yeah, time. I think so. It's because there was a lot on, you'd know how. I mean, there was a fair bit of noise around. And as I said, it wasn't a surprise, but I think from memory, a lot of people thought Chris would go first. And for that first three or four years, it was yeah. like, have Hawthorne done the wrong thing? Yeah, yeah. We had, I think when he came in, he had groin issues, osteitis, and. Um, yeah, you know, by his own admission, he was a bit of a lad too, I think, and had a couple of drinks. And, and so Juddy forth. was flying in the West Coast. And Juddy was flying. And I, I, that's why I'm, it's funny, which is great. We always discuss, you know, the, the young players of today and we, we laud them superstars and we talk about, oh, he should have been drafted first. But it's not until the end of their career you can really look back and sort of say, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's pretty even sort that's of thing, it. you know. So I think, I think we all need to take a deep breath. It's great conversation, but it's not, you know, if you're looking about, um, you know, Kelly from Giants, you know, It'll be the end of his career that we'll sit back and say, geez, yeah, he's been the, the best player in the draft, Zach Merritt or whoever it might be. But that's it's good fun at the time discussing it. You've reminded me of something that uh, has disappeared from football, and that is osteopubis. Mm. That was big for a while, wasn't it? And then it, it just went. Yeah, it's What funny. happened to osteopubis? I think they call it something different now. So. <laughs> sore groins. Yeah, hey, sore Rosie, groins. the Swannies take on GWS. Zero and six horses team, your good mate. They could play finals. They probably will play finals. They could win the premiership. Any, well, there's, there's probably 10 teams at the moment yeah, that could yeah, win the premiership. Right. Jeez, it's a story if they get up there and do I that. I think they'll play finals. It looks, you know, mm. looks like at the moment. I think we all felt they, were, they, they weren't a regular 0-6 team. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. A lot of players had limited pre-seasons. Um, I think you know, even at 0-6, most of us thought, yeah, they're a chance to play finals. I think it, now it's real. You look at their draw. I think they've got three or four hard games. I mean, every game's hard now. I shouldn't say that. Um, and the bye, there's no doubt, the bye weekend going into finals 
helps teams like, mm. like Sydney. You wouldn't want to be playing. If they finished eighth and they had the weekend off and they got all their players healthy for week one, you wouldn't want to be the 15 playing them in the first week of the finals. Spot on, Ruzi. Nice to have you in here. You'll be on the Sunday, Rub, as always, this week. Looking forward to that. Uh, okay, just back, relax. You're back mm. on the time zone. You're good? Yeah, no, had a good sleep. Uh, I was going to sleep in this morning, but MJ texted me and said, mate, mm. come on, you've got to come in. So. And answer the hard question. Yeah, well, thanks for question. facing the grilling too. We, we didn't. Uh, nah. We're not exactly that grilly, are we? Yeah. Nah, we did good. our best. Very good. Well tough. done. Always a treat when this man wanders into the studio, the hound dog, James Young. G'day, Jimmy. Good morning, Howie. Great to be here. Good morning, Rosemary and Lawrence Mooney. I'm Good morning, Jimmy. Breakfast of champions. Breakfast of a man that <laughs> Let me just go through the, the menu. We've got yes. coconut water. And yes. what, are, what are the solids there, please, James? A little Arnott's uh, original shapes. Love the savoury shapes. <laughs> Breakfast of champions. And by the way, Lawrence, fantastic to see you. I was a little bit worried, but good to see you got home safely from the Saints and Sinners ball. <laughs> That's right. I avoided I all gunfire. Lawrence is all right, but good on you, buddy. You ever uh, been to one of those yourself, Hound Dog? I have not. Okay. I have not. I'm a boys man. Now, let me tell you, uh, a Japanese company has invented a juicer, which has caught my attention. It is a juicer that helps you taste your tunes. Is that right? What does your music taste like? Huh? Japanese How company Nomura have invented squeeze music, a machine that will blend juices according to the mood of a song. Huh. Onboard computer analyzes the music and its waveforms to identify the feelings conveyed within the song. Happy, sweet, exciting, sour, romantic, astringent, sentimental, salty, sad, bitter. I hope they don't um, uh, put on some of the music I listen to, for example, Melbourne band Bat Piss. That could be (laughs) (laughs) interesting juice. That would be 100%. And speaking of of music, what, what music would you like to taste most? What would, you, what would you like to taste? I don't know. Um, I, well, the stuff I was like, Rolling Stones, mm. I'm worried about getting the sweat of a 75-year-old Mitch <laughs> As much as I do love the man. <laughs> I have a little bit of Courtney Marie Andrews, thank you very much, who I mm. did see last night, the uh, Arizona alt-country singer. But can I just tell you, uh, the Melbourne, or rather the Leaps and Bounds Festival from the city of Yarra yep. is on from uh, the 13th of July till the 23rd, 10 days. And there's a great Melbourne band, uh, Powerline Sneakers. I'm a huge fan. They're kind of like a, almost a Melbourne 90s supergroup. So they feature uh, John Nolan from the Powder mm-hmm. Monkeys and Sly Faulkner from the from uh, Splatterheads and Kate Dixon from Ripe. You'd be aware of all these bands, of uh, course, I'm Howie. I'm a big fan of Splatterheads and Ripe. Room. But a great name for the <laughs> debut Powerline Sneakers album, Disaster Piece. And uh, I'd like to play a little excerpt if we can. Oh, Rosemary, have you got it there? Oh, you don't know? Come on. The track's called um, Dream Feature. If you're not ready, I'll, um, I'll move on to the next story. We'll, we'll get back to it. The next story, how about this one? This one's a ripper. Um, it's a, an example of what you might call a, fla- a global flash mob. It's happening in Melbourne. It happened Ooh. last year. Melbourne's most Wuthering Heights day ever at the Edinburgh Gardens on Saturday. Everyone gets to dress up as Kate Bush from the seminal oh. Wuthering Heights film clip and do all the movements. Heath Cliff, Cliff, it's, it's me, Cathy. Thousands of Cathys of all ages and genders come together to recreate the song's oh, famous dance moves. Apparently it was delightful last year. It was. Do you want to go back to Powerline Sneakers? Oh, yeah, can we please? Yes. Great song. It's called Dream Feature. Thanks, Rosemary.
You featured in a dream oh, of mine. Dream that is feature. Sensational nice, 90s style grinding acts. With nice use of the uh, of the melodies and the BVs. I'm I'm tipping that Rosemary might be down at the uh, Prince Band Room in St Kilda tonight. I most certainly will be. Because X are playing is it 40th anniversary show. Yes, they've got their X Citations album out, and my partner Kim is playing on bass. Correct. Kim Vokman oh. from the Love Addicts. You are who, such a rock chick. <laughs> Playing with Doug Faulkner from Hunters and Collectors and yep. Steve Lucas, of course, in the seminal X lineup and also with Intoxia and Kill Dirty Youth. It'd be a great night. Now, if you're a fan of um, punk, let's go to um, Northern Ireland. Probably Ireland's most famous punk band mm-hmm. in the mid-70s is The Undertones, originally featuring Fergal Sharkey as a lead singer. I didn't know Fergal had a punk beginning. Yep. He most certainly did. And here is, is, I think it's pretty much one of the greatest punk songs of all time, The Undertones, Teenage Kicks. Funny when you go back and listen to the lyrics, they're just a little bit touch stalkerish, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless. I tell you what, it's a far cry from you little thief, you little braggart. It is, it is indeed. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one, Rosemary? The other, big uh, the one I was trying to think of last night. Uh, which, you uh, mentioned it. But they are, the undertones are playing at Corner Hotel in Richmond, and just finally on Saturday, on Saturday day and night, just quickly, the Amped Festival presented by Higo, Triple M's own. Higo putting on 17 metal bands between 12 noon and 12 midnight at Cherry. You can see the Nuremberg Code, Envenomed, Frankenbock, Eye of the Enemy, Whoa. Truth Corroded, In Malice's Wake, Tabara, <laughs> Dreadnought, Desecrator. Just to get you started, Howard. How long does the, the festival go for? Not yet. It's 12 painful hours in the earlobes. But right. It's like it's a real a, sort a of huge day. vibe in there. Huge day, huge day for the metal fans. And just quickly, next Thursday, how excited. Queens of the Stone Age will be here. Yes. New oh, yeah. album coming with new songs, Festival Hall. I will be there. Thank you very much, Melbourne. Good on you, James. Beautifully done, as always, and you brought some nice tunes. Moondoggy, big story, obviously, affecting so many Melburnians and Victorians yesterday. Tens of thousands of commuters stranded after a catastrophic computer failure paralyzed the rail network. Been all sorts mm. of discussions about whether refunds will apply, etc. And the CEO of Metro Trains will be joining us in a couple of minutes' time. But by gee, it put a lot of people out and it's caused a lot of angst in the community. I wonder if they turned it off and turned it back on again because they need to do that, don't they, when the when the computer goes down? Yes. Turn it off, turn that it back on again. That has been suggested. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, no one wants things to go wrong, but when you hear people say they're trying to pick up their kids from daycare and school and things like that, and they're an hour and a half home late, it's uh, it's one night, but it's a pretty bad night. People trying to get to work. And uh, one of the great headlines on the front of the Herald Sun, we also want to congratulate the sub-editor who has come up with... Yeah. Great train robbery. It well is a, a great piece of work there. Should they be giving a full refund? Yes. A, a day? When they say it'll be done on individual cases, does that mean old mate in customer service at Metro gets to work this morning and the boss says, now, by the way, you might get a few phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of sift through them as best you can. Do you know what they need to do? A public relations exercise, a weekend of free train travel. That would and be it amazing. starts tomorrow. Because with the, the Mikey cards, Howie, mm. unless they're registered, I'm not sure how that would be facilitated if you could get paid, uh, get your money back. Well, the man that can answer all these questions, he's probably had a tough time, as did Victoria. 
Victorian commuters yesterday. Mike Horton, the CEO of Metro Chain, joins us on the line. Mike, we appreciate your time. How are you going? Yeah, good morning. Fine, thank you. So, firstly, Mike, what happened yesterday? It's been described as a catastrophic computer failure. Can you tell us actually what occurred? So, shortly after 4 p.m. yesterday, our train control computer system did fail and stopped us from, from running trains across the network. So, we'd bring trains to stop at uh, platforms, and most trains were stopped, and some trains were stopped between stations. The trains were stopped for an hour. We got services back up and running around 5 p.m. And we completely understand the frustration that causes our passengers, particularly in the afternoon when they just want to get home. So we're really sorry for the inconvenience caused. So there's no way that you can override the system manually, Mike? There's no, there's no, there's no way to uh, run the system manually. It would, it would take far too long to get anyone moving anywhere. It's not safe to do so. Safety is the, the priority. Okay. Uh, what version of Windows are you running down there on the, computer six, on the Commodore 64? Yeah, it's a it's a modern system actually, and um, it's been it's been very reliable. This is the first time this failure has happened. So the big question, obviously, relates, uh, Mike, to compensation. Uh, from what we can gather, and press releases have been saying you'll be judging that on a case by case basis. There's some calls for just to give a day of free travel to the people of Melbourne and Victoria. How are you going to approach this one? It's a tricky one. Our focus yesterday was to get the service back up and running, and and then to established the investigation, which we did. And this morning we've said that we will be refunding our passengers affected by the disruption yesterday afternoon. We've just got to confirm the details of how we will do that, and we'll be doing that later this morning. That sounds like a, a very labour-intensive process, not only for you at Metro, but for the passengers that have been inconvenienced. It means getting online or getting on the phone. Wouldn't it be easier just to say, mea culpa, here's a couple of days free travel? We've got to, we've got to work out with our stakeholders the best way of the best way of refunding our passengers affected by that disruption, and we've committed to do that. So, what happens now moving forward, Mike? And we appreciate your time, and I know it's a difficult thing for you and your organisation to go through. And we appreciate you coming and facing up to what happened yesterday. What happens going forward so something like this doesn't happen again? I guess is the obvious question. Yeah. So going going forward, the, the absolute key thing is to understand the cause of the fault last night. It's a very technical system yeah. that we run. And until we've determined that cause, we can't establish exactly how we're going to how we're going to fix it so it doesn't happen again. But we're determined to ensure that this, this will not happen again in our system. It's Mike, the first time it's happened in the three years it's been running. Mike, we appreciate your time and being up front with us this morning on the Winter Breakfast. Thank you very much, Mike Horton, the CEO of Metro Trains. He's had a pretty tough twenty. <laughs> Sounds like a man who's taken Mike. an absolute <laughs> kicking in the street. Uh, up next, clown of the week. Give us a call one triple three five three. I'm oh, tipping Metro might get a nomination in there. I reckon they might. They might be using this thing actually. <laughs> Here they come. Here comes Metro Trains through the Jolly Mont Yard. I'm glad you didn't roll that in when Mike was on because he's had a tough. He's had a tough night, Mike. Clowny. Clown. Clown is clown of the week. Clown. Clown of the week. <laughs> You've been clown. Nick Malloy's Clown of the Week. Clown up, dudes. Celebrate the 4th of July all month long with an American platter of TGI favourites made for sharing. What a clown. The real stars of the show, Mick, Das and Ed will be back on Monday mm. morning. It is our last shift, Moon Man. Clown of the Week. As caretakers, I think we've done a pretty good job with Winter Breakfast over the last fortnight. Clown of the week, give us a call if you've got a clown. One triple three five three. Uh, first clown is I'd like to clown Adam Peacock, our correspondent from Wimbledon for Fox Sports. Uh, he made 
Well, what was a funny joke when I said that Roger Federer was through to the semi? The perennial Swiss man himself, Federer, into a semi. Yes, and um, I think half of England's got a semi about it as well. Um, they, they just love the guy. Well done by our man, the cock. Delivered that very, very nicely. Uh, your show, which is going nicely on seven at the moment by the name of... Behave Yourself, 7.30 Tuesday nights. So last week, sometimes we can't do interviews live, so we do one pre-recorded and then it plays the next oh, day to promote on. your show. Now, I don't want you to go hard on Arge. It now, was we, a bad line and we, it was a long way away. We had Arge Barker on, <laughs> who's a comedian, which means, therefore, you're pretty upbeat, you're pretty funny. This interview never saw the light of day. Arge, the comedian, he wasn't funny. Rosie, he gave us nothing. You've become more famous in, in Australia than you are in the States. I guess that'd be a fair assessment. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? Because obviously, you know, you started life in America, you started as a stand-up, and then you came to this fair country. How long ago? What, when was your first show in Australia? Uh, that was around 2000, maybe. Maybe, actually, maybe 99. 99 was probably the first time I came over. And then you appear on Howie's favourite show, Flight of the Concord. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Does it compare to behave yourself? Oh dear! Uh, uh, some how, how does it compare to that show? Yeah, <laughs> we're dying. Absolutely no comparison. Give us something, Arch. Give us something, please. Come on, Arch. Give us something. You're a comedian. Give us something, Arch. your show. Oh yeah, I did that show. How was you just having a fire, rapid fire at him? Oh, and him giving you to what? I wasn't exactly Parkinson myself there, but uh, no, yeah. No, no, wasn't no. giving us a lot. Uh, I'd like to clown Ian Henderson on ABC News. He uh, was was summing up the, the suspensions for the week and uh, described the Western Bulldogs thus. In other decisions, Collingwood's Levi Greenwood has received a one-week suspension for rough conduct. And Bulldogs defender Easton Wood is also facing a week on the sideline. Wow. The, West, on, the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> I want to see that team play. Uh, Metro trains, obviously, Rosie. Yeah. They need a clown Definitely. of the week. Okay, Howie, I'm going to clown you too. What have I done wrong? First of all, uh, you, you, you're fattest uh, for a start, and I've been feeling the pain all that week. That is not true. And you described me. With your footy mates, because you're embarrassed about, you know, talking about me when you're with your tough footy mates, <laughs> as your co-host. You're doing breakfast radio at the moment, filling in uh, um, Triple M, well. obviously. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, did someone call you during the week a fattest? Uh, they did, and that was most unfair. That was my co-host. And that sort of makes me a little bit nervous about bringing this to the table. Co-host? Like I'm some kind of work experience kid just dragging my ass in here to watch you you great man to be completely honest i think co-hosting is an overstatement of your role in this situation <laughs> give us a call one triple three five three hang on howie hold on howie it isn't over yet so you got stuck in the oh. blokes that carry umbrellas i don't want this to come across the wrong way but i don't think broly and man should ever be in the same sentence personally Whoa. i'd rather get wet I think that's fair enough. Oh, yeah. Well, some umbrella manufacturers out there aren't happy, aren't you? Well, as for you, I'm going to give you a clown of the week, Lawrence Moody. That was a mistake. That <laughs> that's all right. All right. Rosie, clown yourself, please. Yeah. Clown yourself, Rosie. Uh, you, Lawrence Mooney, we were discussing... Oh, excuse me. Co-host. Sorry. Um, the second part of this powerful team. 
you were discussing the Canadian tennis player Milos Raonic, and you were giving one of our Triple M newsreaders a hard time for mispronouncing Milos Raonic. Luke Boner. Luke Boner. And this is what you then rolled out about Milos Raonic. Pronunciations are important. Just this, this very morning. Yes. Our own Luke Boner here at Triple M had a little bit of trouble with Milos Raonic. <laughs> now, Milos Raonic. You don't want to be He's the big serving. throwing to it there, Captain. Oh, no, dear. you don't, Captain. Uh, That's why you threw that to me, did you? You were always going to have a bit of a problem with Milos Raonic. You know, if I call someone Captain, it's like being called Yeah, I get it. Champ. Ooh. Yeah. Good on it's you, like, champ. like calling you muscles. That's exactly yeah. right, Tubbs. You are with amaze, breakfast, amaziated one... ice addict. <laughs> Come on, chubby. <laughs> Give us a call, one triple three five three. if you would like to clown anyone, Moondoggy. I would like to clown the 45th President of the United States of America. He has met up with the President of France. Emmanuel Macron, mm. and grabbed his wife by the arm and said, you're in great shape. You're in really good shape. He like, didn't say that really, did he? He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been all over the news this morning. You're in good shape. And then just kept saying, no, you're, you're terrific. You're beautiful. It's like it's not statesmanly. Well, it's not presidential, is it? Uh, no. Clown of the Week, always brought to you by TGI Friday. Celebrate the 4th of July all month long with an American platter of TGI favourites made for sharing. Nice to have them on board as always. Thank God it is Friday. Get down to TGI Friday. Jason Bennett has wandered in, our regular sports guru. Hello, JB. Muscles and tubs. We took a straw poll outside. (laughs) And if you guys come back for summer breakfast, I think we call it muscles and tubs. It sounds like an 80s cop show, but I like it. (laughs) Muscles and tubs. It's great. There'll be no confusion who's who. We can put the uh, no, that's right. It's the, it's the ironic, it's the ironic muscles that I like. <laughs> JB, you've got to clown the yes. Yeah, so let's us. clown the Wimbledon officials. We know about the all-white dress code. It's what been in place since on? the 19th century. But officials now cracking down, Moon Man, on coloured underwear. Last night, oh. an umpire made junior player Yurij Rodionov pull his shorts down a little bit to show the colour of his jocks. A supervisor was then called. She had to come out and check the jocks as well. He was told to change his jocks. They gave him a pair of all whites. Mm. He had to go and change his jocks before he could continue on. And that happened on Wednesday night as well. Venus Williams asked to change a pink bra in the first round. It's very creepy. Well, the logic is that when you sweat, if you've got coloured jocks on, you can see them through the white shorts. Or if you jump, you know, when you're hoisting up to serve, the top of your jocks will be visible. So I'm not sure on the rules surrounding commando, but... Clowns. Clowns. That Clowns. Is, that Clowns. Is, yeah, that's taken. Cameron's on the line, one triple three five three from Lilydar. G'day, Cam. Clown of the week. How are you, Mooney? Shame Mickey's not into this one, I reckon, because you'd be clowning Richmond every day of the week again, wouldn't you? After uh, their great performance last weekend. Oh, yes. yes. Got out to 92 points against St Kilda and a, a respectable 67 points in the end. But, yeah, Richmond, clown. Nicely done. I've got a couple more for you. Uh, the great Finnish driver, not Kimi Raikkonen, but Valtteri Bottas, won the last Grand Prix in Austria. Daniel Ricciardo gets up, offers him the shoey to do, and Valtteri says, oh, no, don't. Your finish impersonations. Valtteri Bottas, Clown of the Week. Uh, One that's just come across the internet as I'm watching at the moment. A poor old elephant in Sri Lanka has gone for a swim and been found by the Sri Lankan Navy 16 kilometres off the coast. Caught in a rip. (laughs) That's right. That (laughs) elephant... Stick to your land-based no. operations, please. Yes. Little Nelly wanted to swim. Rosie? Um, I'd like to nominate a lot of my friends who are on summer holidays at the moment. Facebook and Instagram is uh. an annoying place at the moment. I have three friends in two different parts of Greece, oh. about four others enjoying an LA summer. One's then moved to Berlin. Uh, big hello to Genevieve, who used to work here, and half our audience, and Luke Darcy's back for taking photos of gorgeous Italy. But a massive clown to my friend Fiona, who's travelling with Midnight Oil across Europe. You can all go and get stuffed. <laughs> Now, Just Rosie, Rosie bringing a few personal vendettas yes. to Clown of the Week. This I know week. that we've already um, 
clowned Metro Trains, but I do want to hear the Thomas the Tank Engine theme oh. again. So can we clown them and have a bit of that, please? Uh, I also did ask the CEO of Metro Trains what what version of Windows they were running on the Commodore 64 <laughs> down there. He didn't see the lightest side of that. That went down real well, that did. Anything else, JB, or are you done with Clown of the Week? I'm all clowned out, mate. All right. Thank you to all our contributors. Uh, Brett is on the line from Cranbourne North. G'day, Brett. Who's Clown of the Week? Hey, guys. How are you going? Good. I'll I'll clown uh, clown Jason Bennett. Thank you. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. His pronunciation of the Tour de France stage winner from last night, it is not Romain Bardet. It is Roman Bardet. The I is always silent in, in a... Frenchman's name. I'll tell you what, you should see the look on Jason's face. He You're is here. You devastated. Can, you can respond, clown. Who cares? Oh! Thank you, Jason. You need to keep an eye and an ear out for this show. It is called All Killer. It runs from tonight till Sunday at Map 57, which is, of course, St Kilda's Winter Garden. Uh, Heath Franklin as Chopper involved in that all-killer show. Rosie, you're big on these winter garden-type situations yeah, in St Kilda. Yeah, it's next to the Palais Theatre. It's sort of like a winter wonderland. There's ice skating. There's a wheel oh. of some sort. There's a lovely theatre for people to perform in. And Chopper is there, and he yes. joins us in the studio now. How are you, Chop? Hey, Chop. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, it's a little bit early, but uh, we'll see what's going on. Now, uh, <laughs> welcome to Melbourne and welcome to St Kilda's Winter Garden tonight. How has your year been thus far? It's been really good, actually. Uh, it started off well because I got my New Year's resolutions right. I've been spending a little bit too long, uh, making them too hard. You know, uh, things like only brown spirits before midday. <laughs> and so I decided to make it a little bit more achievable this year. Uh, right. And I made my New Year's resolution to try and be ruder to old people more often. And how's that playing out for you? Well, on the 2nd of January, I went to get out of a lift and an old lady went to get in before I had a chance to get out. And I said... Settle down, you mad old skank. <laughs> and I thought, I'm really doing well this year. I'm doing very well. I'm That's, staying on top of it too. And is that the best you've done in terms of being rude to old people? Or oh, have no, you topped uh, January the 2nd? Oh, I, I've, I've topped January the 2nd, but it's not, it's not as radio friendly. <laughs> you've been spending a bit of time in the Blue Mountains from what I can gather, Chop? Yeah, just had a bit of a holiday up there. I was sitting around uh, in bloody Western Sydney. Uh, which I don't mind. It's nice out there. It's very, very multicultural. I think if you tried to be racist out there, you'd be exhausted by about midday. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I thought I'd sneak out to the Blue Mountains, you know, where you get a 70-year-old lady in fairy wings trying to sell you a poem. Uh, then got sick of that, so I thought I'd come to Melbourne, the most livable city in the world, and just breathe in some burning garbage. It's, it's been good. Uh, have you tried getting the public transport around Melbourne? Oh, yeah, I gave that a crack yesterday uh, and just quickly thought, no, this is a mugs game. <laughs> Breathing in burning garbage. Now, I know that on the weekend, uh, after you've had your brown spirits, you do enjoy a beer. What is your beer of choice, Chop Chop? Just the plainest, most workingest man's beer you can get. I don't mm. like these fancy, silly ones. You know what I mean? Little buddy cardboard six pack that gets all soggy in the ice bucket, mm. and you look at it and it's got a little hand drawn picture of a frog driving a shoe on it or something <laughs> like that. And it's got a name called the Witch's Mittens or something <laughs> stupid, you know. Just a big glass of beer, please. You know what I mean? I don't care if it's got, you know, hoppy undertones and a zesty approach to job interviews. I just want to drink, you know. And when you drink, what what type of things do you like to eat, Chopper? You, I presume you're not a vegan type. No, no, I don't do that. I don't, I, see, I've, I had this bloke say to me, that I was buying some eggs, and he goes, what sort of eggs are they, mate? And I was like, I don't know, the breakfasty ones, you know. And he goes, oh, they've got to be free range. And I was like, hang on a second, mate, I own chickens, and you know what chickens hate? 
free range. You want to scare the hell out of a chicken, you put it in the middle of a wide open space and just watch its <laughs> tiny mind freak out. And if you want to settle it down, you just put it in a box with 40 other chickens, you know, it just sits there going, oh, this is heaps better. Bloody safety in numbers, you know. <laughs> That's so true. They don't like the outdoors. That's where foxes be. Exactly. 40 <laughs> other chickens. You've got 39 other chickens that you get, get eaten before you go. Oh, sensational stuff. Now, uh, who, who do you go for in the footy, Chop Chop? Uh, I keep a quiet eye on the Swannies. And uh, how do you think they're travelling? You're happy? Oh, you know, I've, I feel like if they won a few games in the first six rounds, I'd be happier. Uh, but they're all right. I reckon the Giants will probably get the best of us this weekend, unfortunately. We right. were discussing earlier on in the show, or I was discussing certain things that I didn't think men or that I wouldn't like my son to do. Uh, chopper, including use an umbrella, have a baby <laughs> Bjorn, wear a roll neck, turtleneck sweater. Anything in your opinion that men shouldn't be doing? Yeah, uh, they shouldn't use the word pottle. What is a pottle? Isn't it? It's a, I heard someone say it the other day they had a small pottle of yoga, and I just wanted to <laughs> lean across and slap them off their unicycle. <laughs> they should never say the word pottle. No. Uh, any other things men shouldn't do? Well, this isn't specific to men, but I was watching the footy the other night. Uh, the what's it called? The rugby league one. Yeah, state of origin. State of origin. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, kind of like grinder with a smaller radius. <laughs> <laughs> but it's too early. That's the thing, isn't it? I just came out. Sorry. No, and someone described one of the players as an excitement machine. And I was like, you can't just do that, can you? Don't you have to name an exciting machine? Right. You know, like, what is an excitement machine? Like, machine guns are exciting, but you wouldn't call them an excitement machine. And then I guess the only thing that really is an excitement machine is just a bloody dildo, isn't it? <laughs> You've been working with Chris Judd, obviously, in recent times. Uh, Heath Franklin's and chopper. And you wouldn't necessarily refer to an NRL player as aforementioned, he's like a dildo. No, you wouldn't do that. The show All Killer runs from tonight till Sunday at Map 57, St Kilda, St Kilda's Winter Garden. Anything else for us, Chop, before you have to leave the building? No, no, I'm about to be escorted out. So. <laughs> few things tossed around for this next segment, whether we're going to talk about Vegemite, whether we're going to talk about your views on comedians, Lawrence Mooney, but we've settled, Rosie. Do I need to spin a wheel? Game of Thrones coming back. Ooh, season what, Howie? Season seven. seven. Now, Game of Thrones uh, is always in my Foxtel guide. Yep. What's your Fox, is it on Foxtel? Or uh, is it, it is on Foxtel. It is, yeah. Absolutely it is. And, uh, you know, it's like... Get into Game of Thrones. I'm not that big on uh, fantasy as a genre. Right. Uh, so I would rather um, something a bit more hard-hitting like your your House of Cards, mm-hmm. uh, your Bloodline on Netflix. Handmaiden's Tale. Handmaiden's Tale is getting a lot of heat at the Brilliant. moment. And uh, so would watch something like that. But, you know, the fantasy world per se doesn't attract me, but I don't have... Anything against Game so of Thrones. So you've never watched Game of Thrones? I know a little bit about it, I guess, just via osmosis. What's not to like, mate? There's beautiful women. There's uh, some wonderful, strong male leads. There's incest. There's bondage. There's bribery. There's corruption. There's dragons. Mm. What else do you need in well, a That's all I show? know about it, really. Well, that's about all you need to know. I know that uh, there's uh, there's a person of short stature in there. Yes. Um uh, I know there's a guy called Jon Snow. Used yeah, to, something about used winter. To, used to bowl for England, Jon Snow. A different Jon Snow, but the okay. ladies love Jon Snow. Apparently. So I'm, I haven't watched it. I've, right. I've missed all so six is it, seasons. Is it like uh, back in the day, SBS on a Friday night, you'd oh, uh, yeah. tune in and be guaranteed a little bit of... 
Yeah, there Shirts is a little off. bit of that. There is yeah. a little bit of that type of thing. What What are you watching? What am I watching? Uh, I'm into the fifth series of House of Cards. Ooh, I'm and watching I've, series six. Of and that. I'm about to show. line up all three series of Better Call Saul okay. on stand. On the back of Breaking Bad. What about you, Rose? Uh, Handmaiden's Tale, um, Animal Kingdom on Netflix when I get home in an afternoon. Don't want anything to think about. Uh, right. Do you know the storyline of Handmaiden's Tale? No. It's a Margaret Atwood book, and mm. it's looking. At, it's a bit like living under Donald Trump, really. It's, uh, it's a bit like uh, Howie's version of Bow and Head <laughs> running past ladies who aren't allowed to do what they really want to do. They're, they're kind of uh, all. Um, well, they're cloistered. They're cloistered. Yes, they're, dressed they're all dressed in toe. very strange outfits. Right. It's not a very fun place to be for for chicks like me. Mm. Okay. In that sort of environment, and the parallels between That's now like and some women. Uh, Right. It's just a bit too eerie for some of my friends. Have you seen Ballers starring The Rock? No. What? What is it? Ballers. B-A-L-L-E-R-S. Ballers. Now, I watched the first two episodes and thought I can't watch any more of this. By halfway through the third episode, I thought I cannot stop watching this. The Rock plays a sports agent to NFL stars. It's like Entourage, but about sport. Okay. Fantastic show. Is that on a Stan or a Netty or? uh, Yeah, I believe it's a Netflix. Actually, I could have got that wrong. I might be wrong there. Sounds like. coming up as a Foxtel. Yeah, no, Foxtel. It's on Foxtel. Sounds like how he's illegally torrenting it. Mate, we haven't got the internet down at Bowenheads. We can't be doing that. But Getting DVDs out the back of a car at the local market. Man, The Rock. Now, one of the biggest fi- mm. physical specimens you will ever see. This is muscles on your muscles on your muscles. He His he muscles like are bigger than mm. your Not. guts. <laughs> He's a big, big boy. You got nothing to say to that? No. <laughs> no. I'm going to leave you with that today. Hey, uh, played you a bit of audio the other day. The big build-up to the August 26th fight between Mayweather and McGregor. It was an extraordinary first of four press conferences. This is the incredible thing for me, Howie. They are taking the press conference on On the road. road. So they started... And you buy tickets to go to the press conference. Well, they started in LA, and then they had a press conference in Toronto. Then they're off to New York and London. We're going to play you some audio from Toronto. This is Mayweather when he walked out on stage. Let's give it up, Toronto, for none other than Floyd Money Mayweather. Not the warmest reception. Now, he's rumoured to be getting $130 million from the fight, which is why he calls himself a nine-figure fighter. Conor McGregor's got the rough end of the stick, probably only 97 to 98 million. There's a lot of discussion at the moment that Mayweather is struggling with tax issues and doesn't have much money left. He got up on stage yesterday, your man Floyd Mayweather, and held up an uncashed check for 100 million bucks and said, no money problems here, baby. Wow. Quite extraordinary stuff. This is what he had to say at the press conference. One thing we do know, the fans can't fight for you. We already know this bitch right here. He like to quit. That's him tapping out. Talking about how tough you is. Talking about you got pride in you. Talking about you are killers. Real killers don't quit. Yeah, I feel good. I'm 40, but I look 20. And you act him. Yeah. I think they need a little bit of work with the wrestlers, maybe to get just going slightly better. They did a better job at their first press conference. I think Conor McGregor, of course, responded mm. to all this from can, Floyd Money Mayweather. 
can I ask you this? Did uh, Conor McGregor have his pinstripe suit on that reads F-U I'm not in sure the pinstripes? He, I'm not sure if he had the same suit mm. on. Let's hear, listen to what he had to say. On the count of three, I want everyone in this arena to scream at the top of your lungs, the Mayweather's. One, two, three. I'm not getting off this mic. I want him to come and take this mic off me. It's right here. It's right here. Stop me. You won't do shit. What the f*** is he wearing? You're 40 years of age carrying a school bag on stage. What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. <laughs> it was at this point mm. that Floyd pulled out his $100 million uncashed, uncashed check. Quite extraordinary. He was in a American Stars and Stripes it's, uh, tracksuit. It is unbelievable that people are paying to go and see that circus. It's. I mean, you know, the fight will be something fascinating altogether. Ten thousand bucks ringside. Conor McGregor uh, has never really boxed before. An unbelievable UFC juggernaut. Floyd Mayweather, you know, widely regarded as one of the best ever. Um, it's going to be, you know, maybe a one-sided affair, I reckon. But that stuff. Would you go and? I mean, you know, I understand the. I love of the show. Yeah, I love Showtime. I, 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 I love, love that, and they're trying to sell tickets to what is basically a hundred and thirty Australian dollar pay per view ticket, which is an expensive ticket right. for pay per view situations. And so, that's the exercise, isn't it? It's like getting onto it pay per view. Exactly. What yeah. pub are you going to watch it in, Howie? Um, I won't. Sh- I think it's on when the footy's on. So oh. last time it'll probably be on uh, at the footy. The MCG put the last fight on between Pacquiao and Horn. So hopefully wherever we are at the footy, it'll be on. I wonder if they only pay their 130 bucks there and then just like, it's on the telly. It was on at the MCG the last fight, so mm-hmm. you can only hope. So, hey, thanks to everyone for getting the winner breakfast going. Yeah. Mon was out the back assisting MJ and LJ producing, Maddie cutting, Rosie and Tom here in mm. studio, and yourself, Moon Man. We're not Ed, Mick and Dars, and we don't pretend to be Ed, Mick and Dars, but it's been fun. It has been fun, Howie. You are a good man, uh, strong and true. Strong and true. What, what's it? You've got the suit on. What, you're off to I'm uh, off Triple to M launch this afternoon? The Prime Minister's going to Triple M in Sydney to launch Triple M's coverage of the Ashes. Uh, and then uh, the same will be happening down here in Melbourne. Very much like the Floyd Mayweather Conor <laughs> McGregor thing. We'll just be up there swearing at one another. F you, Gussie Warland, ball by ball. Fantastic. You wouldn't know how to dress properly, Howie. But uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, Triple M covering the Ashes right across the summer. All, All five, five tests. tests. One uh, to look out for. That is if Australia fields aside. It's been a real pleasure, mate. And uh, I'll catch you around the Stacey Island. Yeah, look forward to it. Been getting a lot of questions about my humble little podcast called The Howie Games. It's been on a hiatus after season one. Season mm. two will start in two weeks' time. So to everyone that's been asking me on social media, I appreciate the support. We're on in a couple of weeks' time with the first episode, Kathy Freeman. You get the big Excellent names news. in sport and they're very frank. You've got a great bedside manner, that's why. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good on you, Rosie. Great to have you Thanks, here. Howie. Ed McIndass back nine uh, six a.m. six a.m. on Monday and uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions about the Collingwood coaching job. That is all to come. But keep an eye for Triple M footy tonight from 6, the Friday huddle. Ratings juggernaut that it is. And I believe Chris Judd and Judge Juddy, after it's been carpeted for the last two weeks due to legal issues, it is back tonight from 6. Brilliant. All right. That's all from me. That's it. It's raining. Don't use your umbrella. Winter breakfast, Triple M. (laughs)